0: Fasting and praise. And once again, you don't have to be fasting like the whole 21 days. We're not talking about that. You can do a Daniel fast. You can do a partial fast. You can do a one-day fast. You can do a one-meal fast. Whatever that you're doing has to come from the heart because you long for and you desire a greater manifestation of the glory and power of Almighty God in your life and within the life of the church. Isn't that what we're all about? That's why we assemble together. To create a habitation for him. So quickly, some reasons to fast. So scripturally speaking, let's share with you some reasons to fast. Uh, number one, to eradicate doubt. Matthew 17, verses 20 and 21. Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, that if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you, howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And so he's talking about eradicating doubt. As we spend some time, some quality time in the presence of the Lord denying our flesh, we can eradicate doubt from our lives and rise up to a higher level of faith. Number two, so that we can humble ourselves and chasten ourselves before the Lord. Look at first Kings twenty-one. Came to pass when Ahab heard these those words. He read his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself, notice, himself before me, this is God speaking, because he will, because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. So we see here because he humbled himself. Now you might question that. We won't get into all all the details of this. But I'm sure if his son possibly would have humbled himself and prayed, he could avoid the same kind of judgment. But anyhow, that's another thought. But it's to humble ourselves and chasten ourselves before the Lord, to receive correction from the Lord. You know, if we chasten ourselves, we can probably prevent some chastening of the Lord. It's a good thing. Seek a right way is number three. Look in the book of Ezra. Seek a right way. Anybody looking for a right way once in a while? Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of Him a right way. To afflict means to fast and to pray and wait upon Him a right way for us and for our little ones, and for our, all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a, hand of, a band of soldiers and the horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because he had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. So in other words, he showed him the way. But look what prompted it. Fasting and praying and waiting on God. Look at the next one. Uh, to show remorse for sin. It's one thing to say I'm sorry. It's another thing to really get before God and just let Him deal with your heart. Look what it says here. And they gathered together at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. So once again... Uh, sometimes I believe what happens is when we're sincere before God and we truly repent and show him we mean it from the heart, truly godly sorrow from the heart, and repent for sin, that there comes a divine empowerment or enablement, the grace of God to help us rise up above it and overcome it. So the next time, praise God, we can deal with it in a proper way. Look at the next one. In the book of uh, Deuteronomy, petition God to stay judgment. Chapter 9. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think of? Judgment can be stayed. Not all judgment is is unconditional. Some can be changed if it's conditional. You've been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. Thus I fell down before the Lord 40 days and 40 nights as I fell down at the first. Because the Lord had said to you, said that he would destroy you. I prayed therefore unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, destroy not thy people and thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed to thy greatness, which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember thy servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, look not unto the stubbornness of this people, nor to their wickedness, nor to their sin. So here we see Moses doing fasting and praying, just like he did before for 40 days, because of the sin of the people. And Think about that. Think about that, first of all, discipline and that diligence to do exactly what he did, so as to do what? Avert judgment that would fall upon the people. And God was gracious enough to do exactly what he asked them to do. But then the next one, to seek guidance and help. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Ever find yourself in a situation that you don't know what to do? Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. When they were being attacked by three armies... Why? Because he didn't know what to do. He actually said, I don't know what to do. Our eyes are upon you. We don't know what to do. We're no match against the enemy. We're no match against what we're facing. So our eyes are upon you. And we need to seek you. And we need to know what to do. And so he sought the Lord. And as a result, he got the guidance and help that he needed. Next one. To promote physical and spiritual health. Look at the book of Isaiah. In chapter 58. Verses 6 through 8. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that you bring the poor that is cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re reward, or rear guard. Think about that. That last verse, verse 8. Your light will break forth as the morning. Your health will spring forth speedily. Your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will cover your back and have you protected and divinely cared for. And all as a result of what? Spending some time, quality of time, just waiting upon the Lord and fasting in prayer, denying yourself. And what you're saying is there's something better than what I'm Sacrificing right now, you're better than food, you're more important to me than food. And you know, we need food obviously for our daily sustenance, but man doesn't live by bread alone. And so, we're we're going to deny ourselves, Lord, so that we can have more of you. Okay, next one also to increase the anointing in the book of Isaiah 40 31. They that wait upon the Lord, there's no better way to wait upon the Lord than in fasting and prayer. Uh, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they're drawing their energy, they're drawing their strength, they're drawing their power, not from themselves, but from the Lord, who is empowering them to do whatever it is that he's called them to do. So we see fasting has a very important part to play in our lives. Then also, uh, for the ministry, he set people out in the ministry through fasting. And prayer. Look at Acts chapter 13 and verse 2. Acts 13 and verse 2 As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So they ministered to the Lord and they fasted. Now ministering to the Lord means they worshipped him. They glorified him and honored him. Uh, The Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost spoke in that atmosphere. Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. So they were set apart after a time of fasting and prayer. Waiting upon God. Getting direction that they needed. Okay, that's the part of fasting. Now let's look also reasons to praise. And once again, I think we, in our Western culture, get this idea that praise is just about coming to church on a Sunday, singing a few songs, and then going home and we've praised. Well, beloved, I believe we're told to praise Him continuously. Amen? So number one, reasons to praise God. Number one, to get our focus off of ourselves and on Him. In other words, stop taking the selfies. Okay? And focus on him. Look in the book of Psalms, the 35th psalm. "Life is not just about you and me, right? It's not about what we want, our will, our ways and all that. No, it goes further than that. My tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all." the day long. What a statement. All day long, I'm going to speak of your praise. In other words, I'm going to praise you. Look at Psalm 150. I'm going to praise you. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. So in other words, we want to learn to get caught up in praising Him All the time, continually, just as the psalm writer is talking about. So, even though we might encounter difficult situations and challenges in our life, we can allow them to dominate us, or we can focus our attention not on ourselves and what we're going through, but get our eyes on Him and focus our attention on Him. And even in the hard places of life, praise Him and thank Him if we want His manifested presence and if we want Him to, let's say, intervene for us. Number two, another reason to get our focus off of self and on God's the first one. But number two, show appreciation for all that he has done for us. Hmm. Has he done great things for us? Look in the book of Psalms once again. And this is Psalm, I believe, 107 verses 20 and 22. 22. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Just that statement alone is power packed. Who is his word? Jesus. And what did he do? Heal them and deliver them. From what? Their destructions. So what? So oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. There's no greater work that's ever been done than what Jesus has done for us. And in the book of Ephesians, We really can focus in on how and why we should praise the Lord and for whom. Look what it says in Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So where are those blessings? In Christ. How do we get them? From Christ. And what are we supposed to do? Praise him and bless him and thank him. For all the blessings, all the mighty works he has done. As a matter of fact, in that psalm, you can hear it again when when we hear that psalm 107, verse 20. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. It's almost like he is calling out and begging us to praise him for his goodness and wonderful works to the children of men. Why? Because if we'll praise him, he'll do exactly for us what he did for them. He will deliver us in our time of trouble. Hallelujah. And he's done great things for us in Christ. Number three. Look at number three. Also, we show appreciation, but then also we put the enemy to flight. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a plan for me. Anybody want the enemy to flight? Get them on a plane. Get them out of here. How about it? Okay, look at Psalm 149, verse 6. And I love these verses. They're beautiful verses of Scripture that give us a lot of insight. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor, it's an honor to have all his saints, and you're a saint, praise ye the Lord. So with the high praises of God in our mouth and the two-edged sword in our hand, he's talking about executing vengeance on the activity of the enemy. And many writers believe he's talking about not just earthly kings and people. He's talking about the powers of darkness and evil, dispelling the darkness as we praise God with high praises. Hallelujah. And so once again, it's important to realize that, again, the church in our Western culture, for for some reason, once again has this mindset then that praising God means I come to church, sing a few songs along with the accompaniment of the music, and that's it, we praise the Lord. But it's not an everyday activity And we're talking about high praises to God for all the great things he has done for us. I praise you for saving me. I praise you for delivering me. I praise you for redeeming me. I praise you for filling me with Holy Ghost power. High praises. I praise you for healing me and setting me on high and setting me free. With these high praises of God, praise God. The enemy cannot stand to be anywhere where God is being praised. And then number four. Uh. But look, for before that, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is important. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is when Jehoshaphat once again was in danger. They were going to be destroyed by these three armies. Ammon, Ammon Okay. What happens is God speaks through the prophet and tells them exactly what to do. And this is essential. They get their directive from the Lord. They get their instructions from the Lord. They get their marching papers from the Lord. And what does he tell them to do? He doesn't say use this strategy. Get as many warriors as you can and train them in battle. He says send out the praisers. Let the praisers go out and let them praise. And we're talking about a strategy that is pro- probably something that no one would ever think about doing if you're in the army. Can you imagine sending a group of a squad out and just say, just go out there and stand there and praise the Lord when all the bombs are flying your way? No, but that's what they did. That's exactly what they did. And what happened was, when the people began, this is what the verse says, when they began to praise God for his goods, and what they said was, his, good, his mercy endures forever." When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were coming against Judah, and they were smitten. And so we see here that they went out and they praised the Lord. And in the process of praising the Lord, the Lord behind the scenes is setting out ambushments for them. I tell you, wouldn't you love to have the Lord just peel back this layer that separates us from the unseen realm so we can actually see there's more that be with us than that be with them? Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? He wants to see it, us to see it through the eye of faith. But sometimes, come on, Lord, give us a glimpse. Just pull that thing back. Remember when Elijah the prophet said to his servant, "Elisha, the prophet said to his servant, there's more that be with us than to be with them? The Lord opened up his eyes so he can see that. And his eyes were open. And even though they were surrounded by all the enemy, behind the enemy, we saw, he saw chariots of fire around them. Angelic beings ready to fight and to, for them and defend them. Think about that. So, they sent out the praisers and the battle was won. Victory came because the enemy was confounded. The next, I'll look at Hebrews chapter, um, oh, I'm sorry, number D, letter D. Overcome forgetfulness and negativity. Forgetfulness and negativity. And I get that from Psalm 103. Look at verse 1. We can all forget the benefits of God. Bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. See, let's not read over that too fast. All that is within me. He's calling upon all the energies of his being. With every fiber of his being. He's calling all that he is in spirit and soul to rise up and bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And what? Forget none of his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. And then he names them. How can we forget he forgives all our sins? How we, can we forget he heals all our diseases? He redeems our lives from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things that our youth is renewed like the eagles. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for all the benefits that he has provided for us. Praise God in this life. And then look at Hebrews 13 and verse 15. You see, it's it's hard for us to murmur and complain while we're praising the Lord. Continual praise makes it harder to complain and murmur. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How often? Continually. That is the fruit of our lips, and the fruit of our lips means it's ripe. It's ready for the picking. It starts down at your toes, it rises up to your belly, then it flows out of your mouth because you see, it's already in. It's ripe. Because you see what God has done. And the gratitude is there. The thankfulness of heart is there. And the fruit of your lips gives thanks to his name. Thank you, Jehovah Sidkenu, my righteousness. Oh, I can't praise you enough for making me righteous in Christ. And for making him sin for me who knew no sin. Thank you, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. I could have peace of mind. Isn't it good to know you can sit there tonight and you know should Jesus come in a flash, in a moment, that we'd all be with Him in glory? Isn't that a great thing to know? Perfect peace that we have? We have no fear of leaving this round because we know we'll be with Him in glory. All right. Praise God. Next one. It invites God's presence. Oh, how important. Oh, how important. We know in Psalm 22, in verse 3, it says that he inhabits, he lives in the praises of his people. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel or of his people. What, what does that word inhabit mean? He dwells in them. He lives in them. He manifests himself in what? In our praises. And so if we come with the consciousness of, of the fact that God will inhabit As we praise him, it'll just cause us to think differently about singing a song. Or also when you sometimes hear Tammy say, go ahead and worship on your own. Go ahead. Let it come out of your soul. Let it rise up within your heart. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I thank you and praise you for delivering me. Let it just flow out of your being. It's not just these songs that have been put together. And they're wonderful songs. Nothing against the songs. But singing a song is not just true praise. It's not true worship. Unless it's coming from the heart. That's full of gratitude and thanksgiving. For the creator God. Who redeemed us by the blood of his son. Who gave us life by the power of his spirit. Who recreated us. And calls us his sons and daughters. And oh when we get a hold of that. Beloved, what manner of love has He bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of Almighty God? Thank you. Thank you. I praise you and I bless you. So that comes from the depth of your soul. But then also, look at the next uh, next one. Uh, be strengthened with joy. Be strengthened with joy. Where does that come from? Psalm 16, verse 11. We know that He inhabits the praises of His people means He lives in the praises of His people. And by His living in His his praises, he manifests his presence among the people, right? And so where his presence is manifested, we're told in this verse, there's what? Joy. For in his presence is the fullness of joy. Thou will show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So as we praise him together as a corporate body of believers or individually, we can be assured that he will manifest himself in our praises. His presence will be there in manifestation. And then also where that presence is, there's joy. There should be a joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's an unspeakable joy because of the unspeakable gift. The unspeakable gift produces unspeakable joy. And so we're joyful, we're thankful, we rejoice in Him always. That's why Paul in prison can say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why was he rejoicing? Not because of his circumstances, but because he knew God. He knew he was in the will of God. He knew the redemption that he had. He knew the promises of God. So even though he was experiencing persecution at the time, he can shout the praises of Almighty God, knowing that he would protect them and care for him. Look at the next one. To express our faith. In Psalm 18 and verse 21. And you'll notice that many of these come from Psalms. I will praise thee. Okay, why will you praise? For thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. I'm praising you because I know you heard me and I'm praising you and even though I don't see the manifestation or I don't see the reality of what I've asked you for, I'm going to praise you in advance because I know you would have in my praises, you work in my praises, you're manifesting yourself in my praises, did they not praise him before he confounded the enemy in the days of Jehoshaphat they praised him first and then there was a manifest presence of God that confounded the enemy and the enemy was destroyed they, they basically killed each other They were confused and confounded because of the presence of Almighty God. See, non-believers don't know what to do with the presence of Almighty God. But we know what to do when He manifests His presence in our lives. Amen? Okay, so we basically demonstrate our faith in God and He loves it because why? It shows we believe in His integrity and we trust Him. We commit our way to the Lord. We trust Him and He will bring it to pass. Notice the steps. I commit my situation to you. I trust in you. Now you will bring it to pass. And how do I show my trust in him? By praising him before I ever see it coming to pass. I'm praising you for my miracle. I'm praising you for my deliverance or whatever it might be. Next one. Overcome fear. In Psalm 34 beginning at verse 1. This world in which we live presents many fears to all of us in life. And if we allow ourselves we can get very easily caught up in all the fears Think about it. even as Christians, even as believers. One of the things I say often, and sometimes maybe you're getting tired of hearing it, Y2K. Y2K. What fear it presented among the people. Many got very wealthy and rich off of selling books about Y2K. Well, what happened to Y2K? Other than people making money selling books and buying generators and, and, and all that sort of thing. Nothing. There it was. It came, it went, and it's hard to imagine it was 18 years ago. Is it not? But it's not even a thought in our minds anymore. But I tell you what, we have people walking around just frightened by what's going to happen when all the, you know, when the change comes from 1999 to 2000, the computers are going to fail, this is going to fail, the banks are going to fail. Really? Yes, get your generator, buy your water, dig yourself a hole, stay underground. Get a gun in case someone wants a drink. Wow. Anyhow. Well, we can overcome our fears. Let's read it. I will bless the Lord how often? His, mouth sh- his, his praise shall what? Continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from half... Of my fear. Thank you, Aaron, for that correction. How many fears? All my fears. So all the fears that we face in life can, we can be delivered from. How? By practicing continual praise. Amen. Continually praising the Lord. And then look at the next one, the last one. Pave the way for the miraculous. In Acts 16. Pave the way. Are we ready for the miraculous? supposedly this is the year, the miraculous, okay? So are we in line for that? Do we want that? Do we desire that? To have a greater manifestation of the miraculous power of God within our midst? And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and they did what? Saying praises. So prayer is taking your petition to God and singing praises is bringing God into your petition. Let's make that distinction. Prayer is taking your situation or problem to God and praise brings it into the situation. So at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed first and then sang praises. It sounds like they were singing praises before God ever manifested himself. Because they knew it's just what to do. Pray and then praise. And the prisoners heard them so they weren't quiet about it. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. So after they prayed and sang praises, the response of God was he shook the place, right? He shook the foundation of the jail. He shook the house. He shook all the place where they were. He shook up the life of Paul, Silas, the keeper of the jail, his family, and the city of Philippi was never the same. With that move of God, With that manifestation of the miraculous power of God, the church was started. Hallelujah. And a mighty work took place throughout the region, throughout the land. So in conclusion, look at Psalm 146 with me. Praise Him, fasting and praising Him. Instead of always just petitioning Him, praise Him. Let's praise the Lord for His continued presence, power, miracles, signs, wonders, gifts. Manifestations, protection, etc. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord, I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Wow. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which hath made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever. Those are some pretty good qualifications, wouldn't you say? Aren't those some pretty good credentials? In other words, it seems like as though he put his trust in man, and man failed. He put his trust in government, and government failed. He put his trust in other people, and they failed. So what he learned to do was put his trust in God, who made heaven, earth, sea, and all there is in them. So my goodness, if he could do that, He could take care of our situations, correct? That's exactly what the psalmist is saying. So what did he do? I will praise him as long as I have any being in me. So he learned the power of perpetual praise and he got the results he was looking for. I know it's a difficult situation I'm going through, but I'm going to praise him anyhow and any way. I'm going to set my love upon him. I'm going to praise him no matter what I'm going through. So really, in reality, the choice is ours. It's up to you. It's up to me as to what we're going to do. We can basically be a complainer, like the Israelites complained and complained and murmured and murmured. Or we can make a decision and a choice to say, I'm going to learn to be a perpetual praiser. I'm going to praise him continually. And obviously, it might sound like it's because you don't want to praise God just throughout your day if something's not going right. Well, it wasn't going right when they were beaten and their backs were bleeding in the stocks. And if you ever saw how they were put in those stocks, that in itself would be torturous. But imagine them going through that, but yet singing praises to God. And everybody heard them. Now, I'm sure they marveled at it and wondered about it. I know there's no complainers here tonight. I know there's no murmurers here tonight. And no one's ever here complained about what they've been going through or what situations have arisen in their lives. Am I right? Come on, would you admit with me it's easy to complain? It's easy to murmur. You don't need a class to go to. No one needs to teach you how to do it. It's commonplace. When things don't go right, It's easy to complain. But you see, the psalmist says, I have learned to be a continual praiser of God. Why? Because man will fail. Governments will fail. Professionals can fail. As a matter of fact, when the man takes his last breath He goes back to the dust. But the one I'm going to put my trust in, the one I'm going to praise for my victory, created the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything that is in it. I am going to praise him as long as I have any being within me. Now that is someone you can trust. Amen. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today.